You made it to another episode of the We Did That Shit podcast, hosted by Maya and Babi. Join them as they share experiences and opinions about who did some shit, what they learned from shit, and how they got through some shit. Cousins by chance, friends by choice. These two passion-driven personalities create addictive conversation. Okay, in five, four, three, two. Hey, Maya. Hey. What's going on? Uh, me. I'm with <laughs> always, all and that's exactly what you look like. You look like my name is Maya. I'm what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that from the hairstyle? Yes. It's it's giving me uh Woodrow Wilson on my way to the Chinese store. Bye. Yeah, it definitely is. Because <laughs> I got like the bang and then the, you know, hair up, hair down. Yeah, tried to give you a little young girl vibe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. That's funny. How's your week been? It's been. It's it's been last week. My week was transformational. The only thing about and, you know, you like that you get like it gives you a high. So you Mm -hmm. want another, you know, transformational week. But this week I'm kind of living in the transformation. And it's like, right, it's productive, but not as exciting. (laughs) (laughs) We We can't have every week be like. Yes. Yes. So it's been um, very productive. I am um, getting things done. I'm very happy about that. And I'm also doing things to be more proactive, you know, because I get the seasonal depression disorder Mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to remain proactive. I get up in the morning, I open my curtains, open my blinds, try to, you know, suck in some sun. Vitamin D is very important. Um, and you know, just get the things done on my to-do list so that I'm not wasting my days. And, um, I'm also working on some things from Babi's book of brilliant ideas and I'll have some timelines. So I'm getting those things done because I have to do three things before the end of the year. Good. And you will. I I appreciate you, Maya. Is it three things, three specific things, or you just want to get three things done? No, well, there are three specific things that I want to get done before the end of the year. And Mm -hmm. I'm starting on the first thing, which I'm hoping to get done before my birthday so that I can have that out of the way. It's something that I've been meaning to do for quite a long time. And when I mean quite a long time, I mean years. I just haven't gotten around to it, but I've uh, started the process. Um, I'm going to get a certification. I registered for the test. I'm doing the studying and things like that. So well, you'll be good at that because you know you're a smarty audience. <laughs> that that you are. I I, I think that I, and is in fact like I I did a practice test mm-hmm. and I passed every portion. You know, silence and I passed every portion except the. Um, like technical nursing stuff. 
And that's because I've never, you know, I've never been a floor nurse. I never yeah. worked in I never mean, nursing, I nursing. Right. I worked in the ER, but I, I just never been a floor nurse, like, you know, doing this, seeing this and these disease states over time. Um, the only disease state that I know, know is HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that capacity, I always worked in ambulatory care, never the hospitalized uh, patients. Like I see my patients in the hospital, but I've never cared for them mm-hmm. in that arena. So that was the part. Like they do a lot of stuff in the hospital. I'm like, this is ridiculous. We got top all of this. Big love to my nurses that's working on the floor. I mean, hugs and everything for me. I would send you some flowers and cookies, but I ain't got it. But I'm just saying, because it's a lot of it's a lot, and I'm just looking at these pages like, okay. <laughs> so that's the only portion that I know I need to focus on. Yeah. And you will. I I um, what I will say is, is this: I'm not a nurse. And um, I never, uh, you know, had a desire to be. But I think that all nurses should have some time on where they're doing patient care. Even outside of you getting this certification or anything. I just think that in the grand scheme of it, of nursing, I just think that it would be um, important because at some form of capacity in nursing, even when you're on the administrative side, you're dealing with people. And so getting that bedside manner and then also like being an administrator and being an actual, I'm, I don't want to say an actual nurse because you're definitely mm-hmm. an actual nurse, but being a nurse that's like on the floor, I just think the experiences and some of the things that they might even know are would be helpful. Now with you, <laughs> this is what I always say. Like you a smarty arty ass because you ain't never been on the floor, but I could call you and say pretty much anything. I, I, <laughs> I trust you more than I trust my damn doctors and I trust them, you know, and you know it, but everybody is not like you in that. Right. Some people are just like the administrative side and that's it. And they don't know patient care. Um, And so I definitely believe a lot of nurses are younger nurses. They go back to school to get another degree and then they become administrators very quickly. First of all, you cannot teach bedside manner. Mm -hmm. Either you care about people or you don't. That's that's one thing you cannot teach bedside manner. The second thing is when you're an administrator, if you've never been doing the job, that you're now supervising, that's very difficult because you can't see things from their point of view. Right. And then, and, and that, so, so that's difficult. It, it rarely works. A lot of people are not satisfied with their supervisor or being in charge. And sometimes being in charge overtakes you because you want to know, oh, I'm a leader, but nobody's listening to me, mm-hmm. you know, because you really don't know how to lead. And then the third thing, which is this, and this is the main reason why, I've never had any desire to work in a hospital, be on the floor. It's because I don't care what happens. Every new uh, rule that comes out, every everything, everything gets dumped on the nurses. Yeah. Everything. So I can't care for a patient and then and then have to do all these other things. And then you have that one patient. Oh, I'm supposed to get my medicine at 615. It's 617. And I didn't, you know what I mean? So it's not fair to the patients and it's certainly not fair to the nurses. And Mm -hmm. that's the main reason why I have never had a desire to work on the floor because I don't have um, the emotional intelligence to 
you know, get through all of that. Now in the ICU, the ratios are like one or two to one. Like you only have one or two, two patients tops. And that second patient is almost ready to go to a step down unit. So you can spend your time with that person. Um, cause that's what I like to do. Yeah. Like you're into care. caring for, for people. people. And unfortunately, exactly. that's just not the way, whether it be in nursing or anything, anything of this society is just not the way that it is. We're not into people. We're into flipping things. Right. You know? Um, right. it's all about, even in the hospital, it's, it's not about patient care. It's all about the numbers. It's, it's, it, you know, this is a terrible comparison, but it's true. It's like a prison in the hospital. It's about the number of people that you get in, the number of people that you can turn or the number of beds that you have people in, because it's about the dollars. It's not about caring for people, you know, like the medical industry and that, and that's a whole nother topic, but you know, I, they in the business. Right. We really need to get into that because now that we're talking about it, I'm like, there is so much. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. From a healthcare's perspective and from a consumer's perspective, you're absolutely right. I think yeah. that's an excellent analogy. Yeah. So and I and I think that that goes into another topic of like, you know, school to prison pipelines and uh, all of those type of things. So it's just like a it's just like a turnaround. It's not about caring for people or what they call prison rehabilitating people. Same thing as a hospital. You rehabilitate people, you heal people so that they can get back out into the world. And and and, and none of it is happening. It's about capitalism then that's it. I so, but it'll be something uh, for us to get into. But say all that to say, congratulations on you. Uh, <laughs> we went off into a tangent, honey. That happens. But um, congratulations on you knocking something off of that to yes. do this before your big birthday. Yes. And so how was your week? You know what? My week has been a continuation from last week. Oh, no. And last week, I wasn't having the best week. And this week, much like last week, I'm not having the be the best week. I'm really growing, though. Let me just say, because, and I know this about myself, because I always say this. This is a common theme on the a podcast that I'm very self-aware, and I am. I'm self-aware. I know when I'm on bullshit. I know when I'm not. I know when I'm not growing. I know when I'm stuck. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware of all of it. Now, what I'm doing about it, that's another thing, but I'm aware of it. Um, but I'm growing in the sense of even with having the bad weeks, I'm, I'm trying to see good things in the week. And I've spoke about the fact that I'm pessimistic. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not an optimistic person. Uh, I'm not, you know, like I'm a definitely like... Girl, glass is half empty. Yeah, type of person. <laughs> so I'm trying to, again, be self-aware of that, and know that you know, like, I don't want to sit in that because I got so much other stuff on my mind to be sitting in certain things. So with the bad week, the, the continuation is happening because my car is still at the car dealership. Mm -hmm. Did I tell the story about what happens in my car last week? Yes. Yes. So well, this week, it's more of the same. The only difference this week is, is that they have the lead technician working on my car. And I actually spoke to him a couple of times, you know, so that he can keep me abreast on what is going on with the car and all of the diagnostics that they're uh, trying to do. And like I told that boy, I don't want my car to be like uh, the iPhone. 
Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is every time they bring out a new iPhone, your iPhone all of a sudden starts <laughs> acting the muck. You know, uh, um, I'm not buying a new car. Right. I don't think that I need a new car. But what I'm saying right. is I'm not buying no new car. So find out what's going on with my goddamn car. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how my week has been dealing with that. And um, I was listening to this podcast that uh, 12 Kyle turned me on to uh, Baylor for president. Uh-huh. Shout out to Baylor for president because it's a really good podcast. I was listening to it the other day and his episode was about mental awareness. And he said many things in that episode that was like, damn, I'm going through that same thing. And one of the top things that he talked about was uh, the loss of his parents and how this time of year brings about, uh, like you said, seasonal depression. He talked about seasonal depression in the episode as well. And I was like, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy that you think that you're the only person in the world that's right. going through something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it is many people going through the right. same, same exact thing. thing. Yes. I related to that. And I brought it up to say I related to it so much. And it it really is true. This is the time of year where we're going into um, holiday season and holiday season especially for my mother and I was like a big time, you know, Mm -hmm. we spent time getting things together and figuring out what we was getting the kids for Christmas and all that type of stuff. And this is around the time where we would start doing that. So it's just been a heavy, heavy time for me and not even trying to sit in that, you know what I'm saying? Trying to find joy in what we used to do. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I'm really growing. I'm really, really grown. It ain't easy. Yes. But I'm trying, you know, and that's all that we can really do. I'm I'm trying, but I'm struggling. And, and that struggle is affecting other things. Like it's affecting my moods. I'm, you know, my attitude is very like snappy. I'm yeah. aggravated about a lot of things that one, I should be aggravated about, but also some things that I shouldn't be aggravated about. And it's affecting my sleep. Yes. And I don't have the best sleep from the soul. Right. So I, you know, so other things affecting the already bad sleep is not good because as we all know, your sleep affects so many other things in your life. Sleep is very important. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about um, sleep because people really don't realize the benefit of sleep. Mm. A lot of times people talk about, oh, if you want to lose weight, make sure you get six to eight hours of sleep every night. And then the first response you hear is, oh, I never sleep that much every night. Oh, I never get that much sleep. Oh, I'll never get, you know, and we don't understand that sleep is a very um, necessary. They use sleep deprivation as torture and war and stuff. So sleep is a very necessary Um, state or a process for your body to go to go through you have to get sleep and then you've been struggling with insomnia which um i must say insomnia is a symptom Mm. it is not a condition people Mm. say oh i suffer with insomnia i suffer with insomnia insomnia is not a condition it's not a diagnosed condition it is Mm. always a symptom of something else wow I never knew that. 
Yeah. And I have talked to <laughs> doctors, and this is why I know you a smarty already. Ass. <laughs> I don't even know why you ain't go to medical school. But um who's gonna pay? No, seriously, I'm being dead ass. I never knew that uh insomnia was a condition and it's I a symptom. Speak, I mean, a symptoms, excuse yes. me, and not a condition. And I can see why, because it definitely always stems from something else. Exactly. Um, but I've never had anyone explain it to me. In that exactly. way, and now that they have uh, the the sleep aids prescription brand sleep aids, they're definitely trying to now. And I'm a healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you know I try to keep people healthy. Our first goal is to keep you healthy, you know. And if you are not healthy in an area or something like that, that you need uh, medical intervention, whether it be surgery, physical therapy, occupational therapy, medication, whatever, you know, I encourage people to do those things as well. However, these sleep aids and things like that, this is promoting insomnia, the condition of which it isn't. Mm. It's a symptom. Let me tell you, you could be a a doctor and a preacher (laughs) because that is true. It is. I I mean, very true. Yes, I am a witness of that. We are talking about me and so many other people, but we are specifically talking about me in this in this episode. The first thing about sleep is that it's sleeping is a reset. Mm-hmm. You know, if you work in and your computer starts acting crazy, what's the first thing you do is, oh, let me turn it off and yes. turn it back on. Let again. me restart this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You you restart. And that's exactly what sleep does to your body. All the pathophysiology, all the things that are going on, your body does a lot. Even if you're sitting down and, and you feel like you're doing nothing, you're not always resting because, and we know this, your brain is always cycling, 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 cycling. And our brain burns sugar and glucose only. So, you know, it we're burning calories. You do burn calories with the thinking and those thoughts affect other pathophysiologies in your body. So when you're awake, your body is doing a lot. Mm-hmm. And sleep, allows your body to rest and reset. It's very important. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very important. And if we could live off of two, three hours of sleep, which people do it, right. people do it. It is not healthy. A lot of those people will, it, at the end, you know, they kind of develop heart disease, high blood pressure, you know, things like that. They gain weight. And then it's harder for your body to keep all those things up. They start drinking coffee, taking shots, doing whatever they, you know, Red Bull and beer in the morning and uh, with coffee. And then at night trying to do something to, to go to sleep, maybe take a pill or two. Sleep. You, ha- you have to get sleep. Yes, you just yes. have to. Um, so people don't understand that people who get good night's rest, what they tell you before you take a test when you're in school. Make sure you get a good night's rest. Eat breakfast. Uh, people say like sleep improves your mood, improves your memory. Improve. It does. It does all of those things because your body gets to rest. If your body experiences a big trauma, you go to the hospital. What the, they put you in a coma. Mm-hmm. They put you in it. They induce the coma so that you can rest. Your body can rest and heal. You know, so they expect a lot of things to happen on their own, however long it takes, but it happens on its own. And then they'll be able to wake you up or you'll wake up naturally. So Mm -hmm. sleep is very, very important. 
I'm a living witness of how important it is with all of the things that I am experiencing now. And it's crazy because I've had insomnia for so long. Well, before I lost my parents, I had insomnia, but it was because I was worried about a a number of things um, prior to losing them. I can remember when insomnia first like came about what I have been experiencing since then, as far as the changes in my mind and my spirit in my body sleep is ultra important yeah very important and and usually the underlying conditions and i mean i'm not an expert in sleep but i know mostly the underlying conditions just like you said anxiety Mm -hmm. and a lot of time anxiety comes in a lot of forms so a lot of times you don't really realize that you're anxious Mm-hmm. You don't always, you know, have the high blood pressure, the sweating, you know, the heightened sense of reality. You don't have that. But when you can't sleep, just like you said, I worry. But if that's anxiety, that that cause that's anxiety. So anxiety, high blood pressure will cause you not to be able to sleep. Pain. Pain is a big one. Um, a lot of people it, live with a pain and not everybody treats it. So mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, they're like, oh, I don't want any drugs. No, I can handle it. I, you know, and I always tell people, because I used to even think like that, but, you know, pain doesn't allow your body to heal. When your body is in a constant state of inflammation, it really can't heal. So, so it is important to treat the pain. Yes, you know, it is. I understand it is. you don't want to take narcotics and things like that, but, or opioids, but it is important to treat the pain as much as you can. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say you are correct. And then when you're in pain, it affects so many other things. All of these things are like a cycle and that just keep going and going because when you're in pain, your pressure is higher. Even if you don't have high blood pressure, you know, your pressure spikes, um, even, uh, it it causes the cortisol in your body to be high. I mean, I got a little smarty already in me too, <laughs> especially when it comes down to this topic, just because yes. I've been dealing with it. I've done sleep studies. I've talked to sleep, uh, you know, specialists. I've, I've done all the stuff. Mm. Here I am. I've done it all. So whatever became of your sleep studies? Well, they told me I was never in the REM, what they call REM sleep. Right. And that's when you go into that second part of sleep. Right. So you all fall asleep. Right. And you're in that first, you know, stage. Right. And then when you go into that next stage, you get into the REM sleep. And that's right. when your body is really at rest, like you said. And that's when your body is able to really reset. Not that first, just like, oh, I fall asleep. You know, I don't get to that REM sleep. And if I right. get to it, it's it's very short lived. In that sleep study, I discovered that I had sleep apnea as well, and so they gave me an apparatus to put into my mouth to mm-hmm. um, help me with the sleep apnea. And it it it's like a mouth guard, you know, and uh, it pushes your tongue out where your air is able to uh, circulate to you better, and it circulates to your brain better. And put your brain at that REM sleep. And the problem with me is <laughs> I haven't put that apparatus in my mouth to 
um, get to the point <laughs> where I can get to that REM sleep. Again, self-awareness. <laughs> I am very aware that I am not putting that thing in my mouth. The first time I put it in, they gave it to me. You know, they have to fit you for it and everything. They right. gave it to me. They said, take this home and, you know, put it in your mouth as a practice. You need to wear it maybe for like an hour a day for the first couple of days so you can get used to it before you put it into your mouth at night. I said, oh, all right, you know, no problem. <laughs> now, when he gave it to me, I was like, this is kind of chunky, don't you think? <laughs> you know, but it was like, you'll get used to it. I said, oh, all right. Okay, cool. I took that thing home. I put it in my mouth and it it has metal on the side. It's not for the faint at heart. Let me just tell you that. It is very big. It's bulky. It has metal on the side of it. You know, like it it's in, it puts you in the mind of dentures. Mm. But metal? Yeah. You know, because what it is, what it's supposed to do is, like I said, push your tongue out where you can get more air circulating mm. into your mouth and goes to your brain. But they tighten it up. So, you know, the metal is so that they can tighten it because it's supposed to fit into your mouth a certain type of way to be able to open up your airways a certain way. So it's the steps, you know, you get, you get it, you, you live with it for a while, then they tighten it up like braces. Okay. What step are you on? I'm on no step. (laughs) I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I just got it in my hand, but I had it for almost a year. Um, I brought it home. I put it in my mouth, them damn metals, it pinched the inside of my cheek so bad. I said, I'm going to try this again tomorrow. But tomorrow I couldn't get it in my mouth because my cheeks was all pinched up. And that mm-hmm. turned into, I've had it for almost a year. Okay. So I'm at the, the, the beginning. I got it. Right. Stage <laughs> one. <laughs> I got it. Okay. After this podcast, though, I'll probably revisit it because you're giving us such good information uh, on sleep. Well, we'll continue. Yes. So, I mean, so there are underlying issues of sleep. A lot of people say, I've tried this, I've tried that, um, sleep aids. Now, you take a sleep aid. Yes, I do. And I've seen you when the sleep aid starts to kick in. It is hilarious. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, hilarious. <laughs> um, I am not a fan of sleep aid. You know, we talk about the opioid crisis. And um, I know a lot of people that, you know, some people started with the painkillers and they can't get the painkillers. And I do want to say about that, when you take painkillers, like opioid painkillers and things like that, you can become addicted very quickly, like three days. You you can become addicted. And that's why it's important to wean off quickly Mm -hmm. uh, because your pain can be controlled, you know, with other devices if you wean off the correct way. Right. But also, a lot of people get addicted to opioids starting with sleep aids. Mm, 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 Tylenol mm. PM, you know, very popular. You can buy it over the counter. Um, and people take the sleep aids and it has started people in a very uh, nasty cycle of abuse, of, yeah. of, drug, of drug abuse. So I am not a proponent of sleep aids. If you have to take it a night, you know, okay. Um, but to continually take sleep aids, me, myself, personally, I am not a proponent of that. There are other things that you can do. And I just always try. Now, a lot of times people say, oh, I tried it. It doesn't work. Like they tried it for a day 
two days, maybe even three days, but it does take some time. Um, but if you try these things, they, they do work. It has worked for me, I will say, because I always did not, I mean, my mind would race, race, race. I could be sitting up in the dark till four o'clock in the morning, just up, you know, turning everything off and just up. But you can implement some things to help you get a healthy night's sleep. Yes. And you're going to tell the, us what they are. And also, I would like to say, stop. You don't have to put all my business in there. <laughs> You know, I, I, we agreed to do this you know, topic, but I don't need all my, I'm a very private person, but no, I would, I will. I just wanted to comment on what you said in regards to the sleep aid. You are 100% correct. And I know for me, it has been a bad cycle and not a bad cycle of I've gotten addicted to opioids. I was about to say. Like no, it is a bad cycle. It's a bad cycle. I'm not going to minimize the fact that it is a bad cycle. It just hasn't gotten me to that next part, you know, mm -hmm. but I started out with taking, you know, Tylenol PM. And then I, you know, that, yeah, I used to what take Tylenol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I've suffered with insomnia. I've lived. I know you've had it for a long time. Years. I had insomnia years before I moved here. Um, oh, Wow. Yeah, because my anxiety has always been very high. Ca being a caretaker, you have a lot of worries. Um, yes. You have a lot of stress. And um, I've had that for quite some time. And then just dealing with other things like, you know, at one time, my brother and the person that I dated, you know, their lifestyle was very uh, concerning. Was or concerning and so I would stay up a lot of times worrying about that you know never getting sleep constantly going into my mom's room and checking and make sure she was breathing you know not that I even thought that she wasn't going to be breathing but in my mind I was like girl go in there and make sure that she breathing it's like when you got a newborn baby and you put constantly putting your finger under their nose like what's going on with this baby so it was the same thing so it's just been a bad cycle so I started off with um, Tylenol PM. And then I didn't want to take the Tylenol portion of the Tylenol PM. Then it came out with z you know, which took away the Tylenol, but just mm -hmm. kept a part, went to that. That wasn't strong enough. Started taking more sleep aid. That wasn't strong enough. Then it was like, all right, well, I'm going to get on Ambien. And I have always said that I didn't want to be addicted to anything because my right. parents are at it. They right. were at it. Um, and I don't shy away from that because they didn't, you know, and at the time of their death, they were 20 some odd years clean, mm -hmm. but they were addicts. Mm -hmm. And when you are born to addicts, it's very easy for you to become an addict. Right. Um, so I'm very conscious of things me too. I don't yes. want to get addicted to because I know that my grandparents gambled, right. alcoholics. Right. I about to say we just have addictions in our yes. family. Yes, so I am very, very, very conscious of addiction, and right. I and anything that I do, and it's like a long time. I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that, you know. Right. And we've talked about this. I I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but when my mom first passed, I was coming home and pouring a, a, a little cocktail every day. And then one day I was like, you pouring a lot of cocktails, ain't you? 
you know, backing on up, sweetie, because you know in a minute your ass is going to be a drunk. And you too right. cute to be a drunk, so you need to get it together. I say all of that to say I never wanted to be addicted to anything. And now here I am caught up in this, what I would definitely call an addiction of sleepy. Because if I don't take it, I could be up for days with no problem. Days. And just be just going like regular body breaking down. But yeah, I'm just I'm just going. It's like my mind won't turn off. Now I gotta go to a damn detox program to detox my ass out of uh you don't have to go to a program, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling like <laughs> girl, 12 steps work for my mom. I better start doing it my damn self because that's how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. But as you said, there are things that you can do to yes. help you um remedy this and yes you'll tell us about tips to a a healthy night's sleep Mm -hmm. um so one of the first things that you can do is be mindful of the time you know because that and that's the first thing we need to do i think in in our day we create what our day is right and Mm -hmm. people say you know i don't go to bed till one o'clock i usually don't wind down till this time i usually don't take it down till this time so whatever you're wind down take it down go to bed whatever it is be mindful of the clock and make your wind down take it time take it down bedtime a time where you can get six to eight hours sleep Mm -hmm. so you know you have to be to work at seven o'clock and you don't wind down, take it down, go to bed until 32 o'clock. You know that doesn't give you enough time for, you know, six to eight hours sleep because you got to get up early. You got to get ready for work. You got to get to work. You got to be ready at seven. So you have to start restructuring yourself. You have to watch the clock. That is very important. And a lot of people don't do that now. And I had this issue because if there, there could be a show that you watch. Oh, well, the show don't come on till 11. I gotta watch the show. Well, now we can record shows. You know, I record shows. I watch TV one day a week. And in all the shows that I need to watch that I record, I have to watch on that one day. I watch mm-hmm. a little before work. I watch a little after work. And then I can get all my shows in that I have to watch. Mm-hmm. Everything else, if I have some time, you know, maybe I can binge watch or whatever. So the first thing is watch your clock. Start taking it down at a time where you can, and I'm not saying you're going to go to sleep right away, but if you're in bed, you know, and you're starting to take it down, you should do it at a time where you can get six to eight hours sleep. That's one thing. Another thing is something that you mentioned. You said, I have to get out of this room. I have to buy a chair for my bedroom. I have to stay out of the bed because your bedroom should be a peaceful place of sleep. I don't have a TV in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I never been into the TV. I feel like, you know, uh, my bedroom, I read and I sleep in my room. I get dressed in my room. You know, that's pretty much it. That's what I do in my room. Um, even if I was, when I was married, I feel like I'm in entertainment. What you need TV for? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't, you know, so I never had a TV in my room. And so it's good to, especially if you're not a good sleeper, to take the TV out of your room. And that's big for a lot of people because that's part of their wind down. But the TV, the noise, the lights, the activity that can start going on in your brain generated from a TV show 
and your phone and your tablet, social media, all of those things. We have to cut those off at a certain hour, you know, and your bedroom should be a peaceful place so that when you walk into your bedroom, your body starts automatically be like, "Ooh, this is where we chill. Oh, this, you know, I know mm-hmm. some people that can walk in their room and be like, oh, I'm ready to take a nap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's what happens because you train yourself that this is what this is for. Man, I need I'm listening to all of these things because the only part of that that I did was buy a chair to get out of the bed because <laughs> I used to do everything in my bed. Like, mm-hmm. like not necessarily laying down, but even sitting on the side of the bed, just like I would do everything sit on the side of the bed like it was like sitting on my couch now i brought a chair so now i do stuff in the chair it's still in the room though right but i do everything in the chair and i have a tv in here but i barely turn the damn tv on but i'm watching other things as you stated you know i'm watching my ipad and mm-hmm. my phone and etc now, I didn't learn about um, they have this this blue light thing. Now, I didn't learn about that until I went to get my glasses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go get glasses. They be like, do you want the anti-glare? I'm like, yeah, give me the anti-glare. You want the bifocal? Yeah, give me the progressive lenses. You want this? Yeah, give me that. It sounds great until they be like $16.95. All for you to see a little bit better. Right. All for me to see. And, I mean, so... Um, I, they was like, you want the blue light? I was like, well, what is that? And they was like, you know, your screens project a light mm-hmm. that bothers your eyes. They say, if you at the computer all day, you know, I think it's like 20 minutes on. And then you're supposed to stare off into space a minute for every 20 minutes that you're staring at the screen. Um, but it does. And it, it affects your uh, sleep. It, it keeps you from going to sleep. Mm-hmm. So you want to turn those things off. Another thing that we need to be mindful of two things caffeine and alcohol Mm -hmm. Um, caffeine is a stimulant and you can drink coffee now people when they do those coffee there's nothing wrong with coffee let me let me just say that there's nothing wrong with coffee but caffeine is a stimulant and some people drink more than one cup of coffee a day Mm -hmm. like and so every time you drink coffee you're adding the stimulant so if you drink coffee into the afternoon early evening well you're going to be stimulated when it's time for you to be taking it down, going to bed. Uh, Some people just drink one cup of coffee in the morning. That gets them through the day. You know, that's fine. But coffee is a a stimulant. Alcohol, on the other hand, is a depressant. And while some people, but the reason why alcohol seems, because a lot of people think that alcohol is a stimulant. It's not. It's a depressant. But what happens is your body gets depressed quickly Mm-hmm. And so your mind is like, hey, what's going on? And so it'll raise your blood pressure, get you all stimulated just to fight the fact that you're being depressed for no reason. Mm-hmm. And that kind of overacts and then you kind of crash. Mm-hmm. So that's not healthy either. You know, so you want to watch, especially with the time of day. Now, I hope you're not getting up like drinking wine with your breakfast, you know, But you do want to watch your caffeine and your alcohol intake. And a lot of people have nightcaps. You Mm -hmm. know, they come home from work, make make a drink and things like that. But if you do that habitually and you have problems sleeping, that's maybe where you need to start. And Mm -hmm. also in with that, and I'm saying don't stop it because you need to do it like every other day. Because even if it's one glass of alcohol, alcohol is something we get addicted to quickly as well. Very. 
And even if we don't drink a lot, if you drink on a, a continuous basis, your body will be like, hey, it's six o'clock. Where's the hot toddy or whatever I drink? Your body will be like, hey, what's going on? So it may not be something that you can just abruptly stop. But, you know, mm -hmm. you go for every other day. Then you skip two days, you know, until you can get. And so it doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to go from insomnia to I'm getting a good night's rest tomorrow. It, yes. it just doesn't happen that way. But these things do work. And I'm not talking about help. They work. If you do them consistently, if you apply them yes. consistently, yeah. And and for me, it has to be stop drinking water even at a certain time, yeah. Because I am up all night going to for bed. that reason as well. Because mm -hmm. I drink a lot of water throughout the day, and I drink a lot of water at night. It's like at night my body is turning into the day, and I'm craving more water. And so if I'm up at one o'clock in the morning, I'm drinking as if it's one o'clock in the afternoon. And so yeah. it's a constant that adds into the no sleep, even with the sleep aid, you know, that that adds into no sleep as well, because I am I got to go to the bathroom, you know. Right. So I have to even cut myself off from that at a certain time. I don't, but I have to. I don't do none of this. You stuff. should I mean, you don't, but you should. And I didn't even think about, like, I know that I do not sleep through the night because I do go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I do drink a lot of water during the day. However, when I get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I literally get up, go to the bathroom, weigh myself, wash my hands, come right back to bed, and I will go right back to sleep. I don't feel like it breaks my rest. I'm comp I'm conscious of what's going on, what I'm doing. And like, okay, I have to get up. I have to go to the bathroom. I usually, I don't check the time anymore, but I usually, I was doing it around the same time every day. It doesn't break my sleep to me. It, it, it does break the sleep, but to me, I can get back in the bed. I'll go right back to sleep. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. However, I don't get up, go to the bathroom, come back and I have water by my bed, but I don't drink it, you know, in the middle of the night. So um, hopefully a good night for me is just one time. Mm. A couple times I have to get up more than once. But like I said, I can always go back to sleep. Mm. And that's because I have good sleep hygiene. I have great sleep hygiene. Thanks to Miss Gloria, my girl. Shout out. That's your number one fan, Maya. Hey, girl. That's my boo. And she'd be like, I agree with Maya. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, Miss Gloria and a little girl named Haley. Haley is the um, she's a little manager at my local Bath and Body Works. Mm -hmm. Aromatherapy is really it work. Aromatherapy works. Now I'm gonna just I gotta just tell you this story. If you're ever going to Morocco, listen, do not go. I'm not a traveler like that. <laughs> I feel you. If you ever go to Morocco, do not go to the herbalist mm. to the apothecary. I don't care what they call it. Don't go there. <laughs> don't go. So you get a tour guide and they always take you to one. Mm -hmm. And if it's the time to go to the one when you in that market, just be like, oh, I'm going to look at these over there. Y'all go ahead and I'm not going. Just go ahead and excuse yourself mm -hmm. because you go in there and they have something for everything. I'm telling you, everybody that went in there in our group, we, everybody spent like, I think, I don't think anybody spent less than $500. It was crazy. Wow. Because they have something for everything. And they be talking about you like, oh, I got that. 
Yeah, I need that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm get one of my sister. She got inflammation. <laughs> they have everything in there, and they really tell you like these things work. I will say this now: a lot of that stuff, especially like the teas and the herbs, I got some real saffron. And you know, for people that drink that, it really does help with the inflammation and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, some, but I there was something for sleep. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like a, in a roller, like the oils, how mm-hmm. and it had a, in a roller, and um, they say you put it here, you know, like right under your ear, and it helps with sleep. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us bought that. I will say that worked. It worked. That worked. You it gave that. Why wouldn't you buy me one? And you know what I had. Well, I didn't know it was going to work. I, I didn't. I didn't. Know, I didn't know it was going to work. Well, the let's thought see. of it may be working. You should have. You're right. One. You're right. I might have two. I'll look for the other one. It might oh, be at the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did work. And then um, my friend, her son, um, I, and I, I think he's on the spectrum. I'm not sure, but he has trouble sleeping. And I know it, my Jiggy definitely. We went through whole battles with melatonin, but I stopped that because Mel- Jiggy would just be knocked out for three hours and then up for three days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, melatonin, you really have to get that down to a science. And that was very, very hard. Um, but she said she put it on her, she put it on her hand and rubbed it on his pillow and he would just sleep like mm-hmm. through the night. But I kept looking at this thing, like, what is it that makes me sleep? Now it has an orange zest kind of smell, like not wake up, like, yeah, right. Orange, but like a like the undertone is like a strong orange. And I was like, maybe it's something in the smell. I never paid it no mind. I use it, you know, if I feel like I I want to wind down, whatever, I'll put it on. And then um one day I went away with Miss Gloria and she has no, we were working together and she bought from Bath and Body Works, they had some, they have aromatherapy scents and right. stuff like that. And she was like, oh, they get on my nerves. And she would bust out the lotion, <laughs> like stress and be rubbing it in. Like, I don't have time for this. I don't have. But it did give like a calming scent. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, maybe there's something to this aromatherapy. What I start doing is I start, I got myself some very, 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 very good sheets. Bed sheets are important. Fancy. And, I, you know, I, you know what I, I say? Bed sheets are my pajamas. So they have to be nice. Mm -hmm. So I get some very, I got some very, very good bed sheets. I start taking a shower every night at a certain time, start breaking it down. And I said, I went, when I went to the Bath and Body Works, that little girl, Haley, she was like, oh, I said, I like this. And she was like, oh, we don't make this anymore. Now, this is really good for sleep. It's not the same scents, the same tones, but it has this, this, this. And I didn't like the smell at first. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Um, and she was like, I'm telling you, you try this, whatever. So when I start taking the shower and using that scent, you know, I bought the soap and I bought the lotion. My body starts saying, oh, we're about to wind down. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're about to go to bed. Oh. And so by the time I do my little rituals and stuff, you know, getting ready for bed and I lay down and they have a linen spray. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It takes me maybe 20 minutes to go to sleep. Mm. Maybe. And I sleep until I have to go to the bathroom. I get up, I go to the bathroom, and I go to sleep again. Now, sometimes I have trouble waking up. Right. 
Right. That means it's really working. But right. I, I use the aromatherapy thing. Now that I I do use, I have incorporated into my life because I'm trying to get good uh sleep hygiene. It's a process because I don't have it. Well, let me just say this. I'm not consistent with it. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. But I started buying the Dr. Till's linen spray. Mm -hmm. And then Bath and Body Works has uh, a room spray called Stress Relief. Yes. And it's the eucalyptus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And those things really do work. I know when I spray that room spray, that stress relief, I do feel a more calming spirit in my bedroom. And then when I spray the Dr. Tills all over my pillows and my linen and everything, it does give me like a little like, um, and, and at first I was just spraying it on there because it was, to me, it was just like, Oh, it's a linen spray. Let me just spray it on my, you know, but now I spray it specifically when I'm ready to, turn the light off, you know, like I'll spray it on there and then I'll get in the uh, bed because again, I'm trying to incorporate, you know, small changes into my sleep pattern or my sleep routine that can help me in um, actually getting rest. Right. I think that, um, I, I think that if you stick with it, if this is what you do, and and we have a habit of making excuses. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to finish this. Oh, I wanted to watch this. Oh, you know, this is for this. Now, I'm a reader. I can be in the bed, out the bed, doesn't matter. If I pick up a book and, and I'm liking what I'm reading, I will be up all night reading the book. Mm-hmm. So I have to put books down. I have to, and, and it's okay to lie there with my thoughts. Because like I said, once I initiated these habits, max 20 minutes, I go to sleep. That's wonderful. But no, what I have uh, found is, is that my brain is not cutting off and not even cutting off, but for me, which hasn't been working, right? It's, it, this is not had, it, it hasn't been working. But what I do is I use those things as a distraction of the thoughts that I'm having because the thoughts that I'm having a lot of times, I don't want to have those thoughts. And that sounds so crazy. Like, are you thinking about being a serial killer or something? No, but I'm thinking about all of the wrong things, you know, like the sadness, the, Mm -hmm. you know, those things. And, and, and it's not that I'm shy. I don't want to shy my mind away from thinking about certain things because Mm -hmm. certain things need to be thought about, you know, um, I don't want to block out certain things because in the past I blocked out certain things. And then when they come back around, then it's like a ton of bricks is hitting me in my face because Mm -hmm. I blocked it out. Right. But I use those things as a distraction. So if I'm up watching something or whatever, to me, it's like mindless behavior so that I won't think about the fact that I'm sad or that I'm in grief or that I'm anxious or or any of those things. And but it's counterproductive, you know, to me being able to rest. And that's why I said it's like a vicious, vicious cycle. So my underlying issues are never getting addressed because I'm masking them with these other things and not even masking them with things that are most things that you mask anything with. It's not good. You know, it's just like mindless bullshit, really. 
even when I'm sitting up and I'm trying to read something positive. Now, you know, I don't like self-help books. I It gets on my nerves. Self-help books get on my nerves. I'm going to be honest with you. That book of happy is about all I think I can do, you know. Even when I'm up reading stuff like that, I'm still not happy, you know. So I'm just doing other things to mask wherever it is that I think, wherever it is that I am at, you know. It's just a, it's just a bad thing. It's, I, a process. it's a process. I will say this. I, I will say this before we wrap this up. That, you know, the Bible says... It says, finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, if they have any good in them, think on those things. Mm -hmm. And we have to train our mind to think about the good things. Mm -hmm. And good things excite us, make us, give us the joy, because you're not always going to be happy, but you have an underlying joy. And the and the, and joy, you can relax in joy. Joy is peaceful, you know. So even when you're having those thoughts, you know, because like what well, I have a mirror to look like, you know, Mary Jane, sticky notes all over it, positive messages, because we do like to contemplate on the not so great things, like you know, and, and things that we think are good, like get it together, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we have to be more specific, like yeah. you are capable to finish this finish it. Right. Or, you know, things like that. So, so I always like, you know, those things. And I, and I have to ask like, all right, what is true? What's honest? What's just, what's lovely, what's pure so that I can be reminded of those things. But if you put those sleep habits into place, you can conquer insomnia. You can. I don't know how many times I have to hear this message. I don't know what it's going to take um, for certain things to register with me. I think that it's just a way that I process life, you know, and life lessons and certain things. Um, I think that I need to get better with my discipline in all areas of life, but specifically this, because it's affecting me in other ways, you know, it's truly affecting other things. It's affecting my weight. It's affecting my moods. It's affecting my health in certain ways. So even in knowing all those things, I'm not doing certain things, but this podcast has made me think ready to do and definitely some things that I need to take heed to and um, put into practice myself, especially the get out of your room, the turn it off at a certain time, you know, like even turn the light off. Like I don't even do that. I really literally don't turn the light off until I am like my, I'm like, my eyes are closing. Then I turn my lights off. And it's like, if you don't turn your lights off, if you don't turn this off, your body is thinking that you're up. Um, It's a lot of things that I need to uh, do. Right. So just to sum it all up, these are some healthy habits for a good night's sleep. So first, you want to watch the clock. Start getting yourself ready at a decent hour so that you can get six to eight hours of sleep. You want to watch your caffeine and your alcohol intake. You want to initiate good sleep hygiene. Have rituals, a peaceful bedroom, no electronics, aromatherapy if you're into it. I am. It works. I love it. And then also, because we stated in the beginning that insomnia is a symptom, it's not a condition. So go to the doctor. 
get to the bottom of why you're not sleeping. Yeah. That's all I have. Yeah, thank you. This has been very informative. Um, you definitely helped me and put some things into perspective for me, especially with insomnia not being a condition, a condition uh, but it being a symptom. And you are absolutely correct. Um, I know exactly where my insomnia stems from and I know where it continues to uh, come from. And, you know, speaking from personal experiences, insomnia is not something that you want. So make sure that you uh, put these things into place so that you can help to reset your mind, your body and your spirit, um, your health, your mood your everything with healthy sleep. And I will try and do the same. That means, you know, using my sleep apparatus that they given me, especially because I don't want to um, get to the point where I have to wear the mask. You know, I'm single. That is not cute. (laughs) Still out here trying to date. Um, And, you know, I don't want anyone, even though people should accept you the way that you are, Mm -hmm. I surely don't want to walk into... Um, a new situation and see you with a mask and a hose hanging from your face. And I, I accept people come as you are, but you know, it's not the greatest sight in the world unless you are really into the person. So I say all of that to say again, thank you. I'll make sure that I do these things as well. And more importantly, get help for my underlying anxiety, which I'm doing. I'm doing therapy. I'm praying more. I am um, reading my book of happy, you know, trying to do the stuff. And, and you know, we're, we'll do a follow-up to this. And hopefully during that follow-up, you know, I had put some of these things into place and I can start getting a good night rest as well. Good. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here for this week. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. This is a ritual of ours. I say it every single week. We drop a new episode each and every Monday. Make sure that you check us out everywhere that you can listen to uh, a podcast. Follow us on social media. As I always say, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at We Did That Shit Podcast. Um, again, plug in our YouTube Make sure that you subscribe, 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 and smash that like button. Follow me on my personal Twitter. It's by my 13, M-Y-M-Y-1-3. And I'm at the Biamina. That's B-I-B-B-I-A-M-I-N-A. Yep. And we'll be here same time next week. Remember, be great this week. Do that shit. I love you, Maya. I love you too. I'm telling you, if I didn't love you, the way that you say, I love you, Maya, every week would make you say, I love you, too. But I love you, too. I know you love me. 